Welcome to episode 41 of Blue Jays Happy Hour Live. I'm Nick Ashbourne, joined as always by Andrew Stoughton. We are not actually live today. We've had some technical issues. So this is an episode that you'll only be hearing after the fact. It is our understanding. The issues are behind us. And, uh, you know, we're going to be coming back to you in our previous live format in the future. But hopefully you guys uh, didn't miss us too much. And we will be back on schedule as far as we know uh, from here on out. And it is good to be back. It's been uh, 15 days, it appears, since our last successful episode. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We tried a couple, but uh, they, they did not work due to the issues. But yeah, I think with the Blue Jays, uh, you know, obviously tonight was not uh, was not anybody's favorite game ever, but they're steaming towards the playoffs. It's going to be really interesting, and, and hopefully we'll be able to you know, step, step up the number of times we do this. Uh, if the demand is there, and presumably during the playoffs, people are are going to want to going to want to hear some insight after uh, the crazy games they're going to watch. Yeah, whether it, they want to hear it from us is, I guess, a little <laughs> bit more debatable. But they'll want to hear somebody talk about the Blue Jays, and there, you know, there's a lot of options. We respect wherever you want to go for that. But yes, hopefully, uh, you'll be coming to us, and we will be coming to you a little bit more frequently, especially if we get a lengthy Blue Jays playoff run here. Let's not get ahead of ourselves though, because they did not secure the playoff uh, berth today. Instead, they sort of bore witness to a little bit of history. Aaron Judge hitting his 61st home run, the oft-cited American League record. Stoughton, where are you with the, how much we should generally care about the Judge uh, home run chase, if that's even the right word? Yeah, I mean, what Aaron Judge has done this year has been incredible and, like, so crazily impressive. Like, the fact that you know, like we had the debate about Otani versus Vlad last year, and like it, it's kind of gone the other way, right? Like, like people are like, no, I think it's Judge, even though Otani is doing, you know, Otani slash Babe Ruth kind of things. Like, like the number of home runs that Judge is ahead of the next guy. Like, they were I saw tweets today about like his barrel rate. Like, nobody is within ten percent of him in terms of barrel. Like, it's an incredible, incredible season that he's had, and he's an incredible player. And you know, just every time he's there and the as a presence in the batter's box is is like terrifying when you're like cheering for the other team but also i think we all know like why this record is being treated as though like anybody gives a shit about the american league record or anybody you know it's it's the record it's this is the guy that we like to believe has done this the best because we like to pretend that these other guys didn't do this and and that's honestly i mean i'd say it's a shame it's it is a shame i guess i mean i the 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 I don't want to get like already like, deep into the muck of the steroid stuff, but I am of the I'm of the opinion that you know MLB let that happen. They can't run from it. I refuse to let them run for it by pretending as though this is the real record. It's like no, no, no. That that was as I I tweeted just before we came on. Like, I tweeted, they were people were chanting steroids at Jose Canseco in like 1988, 1990. Like they like this was understood to like that was a thing that was going on that MLB let happen and the media let happen and and the the industry the the executives all let happen for more than a decade. They don't get to pretend like, oh, now this is the real record. It's like, no, you let that first stuff happen. If you really don't like it as much as you say you don't, you don't like it. I, I think that that's I think that that's bullshit. You can't you can't run from the stain of it. And it's a shame that we have to talk about stuff like that, or I feel compelled to talk about stuff like that. 
when Aaron Judge is having an incredible season and, you know, he's a great, great player and, and just like peerless this year in terms of hitting and, and it should be appreciated and shouldn't have to degenerate into, you know, that conversation. Yeah, there's sort of two things. One, the euphemism aspect is frustrating. The fact that we are suddenly pretending like people care about an American League record because that is the route into how yeah. they find themselves talking about it as the true record, the clean record, um, yada, yada, yada. Like, it, it is weird because people who want to champion this as the record, as the, the big deal, are also uncomfortable kind of coming out and saying it. Yeah. Um, so we just get, yeah, like the amount of times American League record comes up on various graphics on Twitter and, um, you know, and broadcasts and things like that. It just, it feels a little bit obnoxious to me. Uh, you know, to kind of stake your claim. If you want to say this is the real record, steroids era is bullshit, then just say that. And that's that's a perspective that I don't necessarily agree with. Uh, I think, you know, especially with something like home runs, it's literally how many balls went over the wall, right? Like it, it is as finite as it gets. It is factual that Barry Bonds hit the most baseballs over the wall in the over the course of an MLB season. Um, that being said, his 2022 is incredibly impressive beyond the home runs. Like, I think, if anything, be- because people are fixating on the 61, they are not giving enough thought to how good he's been across the board. Like, you know, coming into this game, leading the league in runs, home runs, RBI, walks, batting average, on-base percentage, slugging. Some of that's AL, um, not overall MLB, but still, like, just a ton of black ink. The OPS Plus is 212. I did a piece at Sportsnet last week about Judge's season, and, you know, if you want to use OPS Plus as kind of a cat, it is very much up there as one of the best of all time. Like a lot of them are, you know, they're pre-integration, like it's, you know, 40s and earlier. There's quite a few of them that are more than the 212 we see today. But it's a very different situation. And the, the talent pool was, you know, cut in half or however you want to do the math on that mentally. Like it's just not the same thing. And so the only two players who had an OPS Plus in this range of judges in in an integrated uh, season was Joe DiMaggio and Ted Williams. And though not Joe DiMaggio, <laughs> sorry, uh, Mickey Mantle and Ted Williams. And those were both sort of early integration. And, you know, those were incredible players. So the fact he's chasing this quasi record is almost, yeah, it's, it's taking the attention away from the, from, like you said, you know, you mentioned the much more modern stuff. The barrel rate is way better than anyone else is doing. Like he has been head and shoulders above every hitter in baseball in a season where uh, pitching has dominated and offense has been down, especially earlier in the year, and he deserves a ton of credit for that, and it seems like we're getting caught in the muck instead. Uh, I agree, and yeah, I, I mean, like the 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 offensive environment, like that stuff, that is crazy, and I th- I've written about this, like about how, you know, uh, some people can say Vlad hasn't been that disappointing. His WRC plus is in the one thirties, but, but like his real, like his real slash line, you know, his, you know, batting average on base slugging is way down. And like Bo Bichette is, it was a, it was a similar thing. We were talking about that a couple weeks ago when he had that hitting streak that like, like that streak that really like put him back on the map in terms of like what he, what, what his season has looked like. Right. Like he has been, uh, he's been incredible for that little run and has brought his, 
WRC plus up to like the level that you would expect. But also if you, if you're a person and many people are, who don't look at those kind of like league at park adjusted numbers, who just look at the OPS, which is, you hear that on the broadcast more, more than I think anything else. It's like, Oh, it's still down here. And that's because off offense is so down. And the fact that judge is doing this, like having a career year, having like a, like a, a beyond career year in, in, you know, having a historic year in an environment like this is really is super impressive. I had honestly, like, I don't know when we when we came on and played it, like, to do this episode. I didn't. I had no intention of being like I'm gonna like talk about how fucking amazing Aaron Judge is, but like, yeah, like it really is. And I've been I've been out there on Twitter. I'm sure many people who are listening have probably noticed like like kind of like dumping on the 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 discourse and the the reaction to this quasi record as you call it correctly but like that's not a knock on Aaron Judge like he like his season has been really really incredible and it's not the real record they don't get to call it the real record and anyone pretending that it's the real record is you know is, is being ridiculous and uh, you know anyone making it a big deal that it's the American League record is like okay it is there are sometimes sometimes that does matter it's been a long time since anybody's bro- broken this record and it's sort of like a tentpole like big record right like you know like wins in a season like it's it's up there it's one of those kind of things and it's like you know you're breaking a record that that was last touched in the American League in like 1961 right like that's that's pretty impressive but it's not the record uh but I think we can still I mean and this is this feels like the debate from whatever was it 2010 or whatever between Miguel Cabrera and Mike Trout where it's like the advanced stats and the traditional stats kind of like were at odds with each other and and it's like oh the triple crown versus the the guy who actually like plays center field and stuff this this is it, it I'm I'm reminded of that because of like just the the tenor of the debate and all the traditionalist people talking about this stupid record that doesn't really mean that much and and, and I think but it's like we're talking about the same player right like like judges is the is, is doing an incredibly impressive thing if you really want to hew to those like traditional things and pretend that the that MLB didn't let Barry Bonds hit 73 home runs and didn't didn't let Sammy Sosa and Mark Blair hit all those home runs and didn't like 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 intentionally not test intentionally not care because it would have been against their financial interests to care if you want to pretend that that didn't happen Aaron Judge is your guy and also if you want to look at like just an absolutely fucking peerless hitter uh, Aaron Judge is also your guy which is great and should be celebrated more and I hate saying that again about a Yankee player about a guy who like you know Blue Jays fans just watched celebrate a division title on their own field their house uh, as some people might might say, um, but you know, yeah, you got to tip your hat to him. I mean, it's an it's an incredible season. It's an incredible season, and I didn't. I honestly, I'm surprised I'm I'm being as as polite and kind to it because I do think it's bullshit the way a lot of people are looking at this. But they're they're not wrong for celebrating what he's doing. Yeah, and and we we will and we should get into that discourse and sort of how it crisscrossed with the Blue Jays this week because that is sort of the Blue Jays topic du jour. But I do think it was worthwhile to yeah, to tip the cap. Like sometimes it's okay to say, you know, this Yankees player is incredible. This Red Sox player is doing something 
uh, amazing. Uh, it can be an annoyance at times, uh, but it is also the fact of the matter is that this is a game that we love and he is doing something significant and you can quibble over exactly what that means. But like you said, we're watching a peerless hitter right now and that is really fun. Like what he's doing in the context of his offensive environment, you know, hitting so many more home runs than anyone else uh, in a lot of ways is cooler than some of the bigger home run totals that have happened when a lot of other guys are hitting those home runs, even if, you know, that's with the benefit of hindsight. And at the time, you know, those real home run chases between McGuire and Sosa probably felt, uh, well, did feel significantly more electric than this does. It was Okay, Chris- okay. How old were you when those were it's old enough to be aware. Okay, okay. <laughs> not not as aware as I could have been, but uh, somewhat aware. Oh, I also watched a documentary about it. Um, okay, no, yeah, yeah. I was quasi aware of it. Um, no, I, I thought that one thing that was interesting is that we don't necessarily know is sort of how some of the players feel about it. And in 2013, Chris Davis was sort of chasing this, or it seemed like he was. He ended up with low 50s home runs. I'm looking at it now, 53. But there was a moment where it looked like he might get there, and that he did seem to perceive it. Like, this is the true record. He was being very sort of red-ass about it. And I don't know <laughs> if, we've, uh, if we've got enough information sort of from the judge camp, for lack of a better term, about how he's perceiving that. I would be interested to know that, and we'll probably hear more um, we're just recording at the exact wrong time to hear all of that. But I think it'll be interesting to watch over the days to come. But looking back, uh, just a touch, let's talk about Aaron Judge and the concept of walking hitters. And uh, it has been a wild time on Twitter for the last couple of days. Um, I, I'm probably more active on Twitter than I appear to be. And I just watching some of the reactions to Judge drawing these walks in particular, the walks on you know three two pitches, which was a number of them, like the idea of this is guys the by far the most dangerous hitter in the lineup. The Blue Jays are a team that is still fighting for you know to clinch the playoffs. We all know that that is going to happen, barring something insane. But the playoff positioning is extremely significant, significant enough that the team has said that they would start Manoa to get home field advantage potentially, which I actually don't agree with, but that's how important right now, yeah. <laughs> that, that is how important it is to them. Uh, so these games matter a ton to the Blue Jays. The idea that they owe the like there's no notion of the Blue Jays hate Aaron Judge, and the Blue Jays have this history with him, and they're doing this despite, like, there's absolutely nothing there. So the other side of it is the idea from some Yankees fans, or they don't articulate it this way, but that they sort of owe Judge the opportunity to, you know, make history as much as possible. But really, they took out the bat out of his hands in one extremely close game, in a tactical move that worked. And in the other cases, he is by far the most dangerous hitter in the lineup, as he would be in literally any lineup. And they kind of, you know, they were cautious with him, as you would be with any very, very good hitter. And I just found it so bizarre. I know that the sheer quantity of walks and not everyone is watching the games. They're just seeing tweets or comments on like, wow, he's walked so many times in these two games. Um, but if you people were flashing up those, you know, baseball savant pitch charts, 
And yeah, like, oh, wow, there wasn't a ton in the strike zone. But that happens all the time. Like, you know, if you looked at Vladdy last year and you just kind of cherry picked a couple games, like there were definitely series where teams just weren't as interested in pitching him close to the plate and they were going to try and force him to chase in order to make something happen. And that was effective with him at times. It's hard for it to be effective with Judge because he's so patient. But I was just bewildered that there was anything... I don't know, like nefarious is almost the wrong word here, but (laughs) that other parties were perceiving as this being poor form on the Blue Jays' part. Well, I feel like these are people who don't watch baseball or don't watch their own team. Like, yeah, it's absurd. Also, uh, a lot of those pitches that are not in the strike zone, they start out looking like they're in the strike zone. Like, that's sort of the point, right? Like, they're, they're they're not pitches that they're... They're just intentionally throwing the that it's you know they're wasting a pitch, like that's like that. First of all, like that's absurd. Second of all, oh, did the did Yankees fans feel entitled to something? Caller me shocked. Caller me shocked that Yankees fans felt entitled to something. Like that. I mean, I mean, of course, of course, of course they do. Of course they do. That's their brand. That's you know they'd be lying if they said that they didn't feel like that. Um, but I, I thought I saw something that was really good about this. That was uh, somebody tweeted at me because I was I've been talking about this dumb bullshit the whole, the whole time. Uh, which was that Jim Palmer, who's on the Orioles broadcast, was talking about the Yankees Jays game and about the walk issue. And Jim Palmer, Hall of Famer, uh, I feel uh, a good source about stuff like this, uh, was like. Yeah, I'm surprised more teams weren't pitching him like that the whole time. Look at the rest of their lineup, and it's like, yeah, like that's how you. That's how you attack a lineup that has one threat in it is you don't give that threatening guy a chance to hit the ball. That's what happens. And, you know, we can talk about the bonds that bonds got walked intentionally, like so many, like literally intentionally with the bases. So, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's crybaby nonsense from, from people who like attention talking about the Yankees and, and, and this whole, like, it's just, it's such a non-issue. It's like, that's, yeah, that's the game of baseball is that you don't, like you, you don't deal with the guy who has 60 home runs like you would be stupid to do that yeah it, it is it is odd sometimes it feels too reductive to just do the like do unto others as you would do uh, <laughs> have them do unto you type deal but if you just flip that around and it i don't know it was vladdy who was going for a home run record at, you know not really record and things would be different maybe if it were that record, even so, like the Blue Jays fighting for plus seeding should do absolutely everything in their power from a competitive standpoint. Maybe if you're the Pittsburgh Pirates and it's the last se- last series of the year and the guy's legitimately going for 74 and, you know, it's a two-run game in the fourth and you walk, I don't know, with two men on or something, maybe there's something to be said for that. But because we're not chasing, you know, real history here, we're chasing a twisted version <laughs> of history. And because the Blue Jays care, it's just insane. It doesn't make any sense. And I just cannot envision a scenario where, yeah, like say it's Vladdy and it's at Yankee Stadium or whatever, and he's chasing something like this. And the Yankees are in a thick of a playoff race. Like how easy is it to envision them being like, oh, like we're in the middle of something too. And this matters to us and blah, blah, blah. Like, it, it's so stupid because I can't envision anyone on that side being like, you know what? Fair play. We de- we definitely shouldn't have tried to win the game. We should have just tried to make sure Vladdy got to hit some baseballs. Like it, it's yeah. It reminds me a bit. I have a friend who like 
gets very mad, and I think correctly when like teams boo when the pickoff throws to first base, like when they over. He's just like, would you like what? What do you want to let him like run to second for free? Like why? Like why are you booing the other team doing like doing a thing that you would consider smart if your team did it? It, it, and I, I think that there's a little bit of that to this. Yeah, and then you know there was that kind of viral clip from the uh, quasi. I mean, I'm not the right person. I was going to say quasi known actor. Some people maybe know him more, but being like, oh, this fan oh, base. Is this, blah, blah. is this Nick Turturro we're talking about? Yeah. Well, his brother, uh, his brother is a, you know, Jesus and and Big Lebowski is in. Uh, I don't know if you've ever watched Barton Fink. Wonder, wonderful film. John Goodman. Don Turturro, what a, a classic. Frazier's dad. Love no, Martin. Frazier's dad. Now, <laughs> now you're talking. Frazier's dad plays like a William Faulkner uh, character. Uh, delight. Yeah. But and, and, anyway, yeah, Nick Turturro is a real guy. But like, I've been delighted by his account all year. Like, he is uh, just, just, just <laughs> like, just letting it all hang out as like the like the manic fan. But like, as, as like, it's. Uh, it's like the id of every baseball fan, not just Yankees fan, because I see it from from Jays fans, and I'm sure it happens in other fan bases too. But like, it's just, it's just he is as high as he can be when the highs are, when things are good, and as low as he can, like. And, and what, what a clip! What a clip! What a guy! I mean, like that's like that's just like a little taste of what it's been all year, and I assume for multiple years. Like that guy has just been losing his mind. Like, I don't know how you find baseball enjoyable. And I have friends like this, too. I don't know how you find baseball enjoyable if you get that mad about every loss, every failure in a game where you, like, you hope to get on, on base, like, like, 40% of the time, or you hope to win a game, like, 60% of the time. Like, like, you may not be built for it, Nick, but I will fucking watch and consume every minute of it. That context is important then, I think. If that's like if that's totally on brand for him, then and it's not him like going out of his way to be that way, then I'm okay to let that one lie. Also, uh, it's usually on his couch though. Like I've never seen him do it in public like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible. Uh and speaking of kind of uh again the commentary, the discussion around the team more than the team uh and how they performed because for one, we kind of know where we're heading here. We're heading to the wild card. For two, this was just such a, a grim game. I don't really want to fixate on it. It was Mitch White. Mitch White was brutal. Uh, Adam Simber's failure to throw that ball to home plate was truly a piece of performance art. Uh, and then him not covering the plate after that. Like, I, oh, man, I... I Part of my brain was just like, well, he doesn't know how to throw normal. So that's <laughs> that's why it happened. He just doesn't spend any time just throwing baseballs. Like, that was one of those ones where you're like, I'm pretty sure I could do that if I was out there. But oh, anyway, if, it was... Wa- if the stakes were higher, that would have been, like, the worst thing I've ever seen on a fucking baseball Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was... It w- and they showed the multiple angles. Like, the first angle, you're like, oh, he kind of blew that throw uh, I mean, not more than kind of. You knew that he had totally biffed it. But when you saw a couple of angles of it, like to use, I don't know, to use the degrees there, if, if home plate is sort of zero degrees and third base <laughs> is 90 degrees, like, I don't know, he probably threw it 36 degrees. Like it wasn't halfway. <laughs> it looked like someone who had never thrown a baseball before. It was, 
Anyway, I was just saying, because we've missed some time, because it was a bad game, I do want to kind of go back to some of the stuff that's been going on on Twitter, the discussion about the discussion. And the big thing that really circulated today during the day was, you know, I noticed Buck Martinez was trending for most of the day, and it was about this spiel that he gave on the, if you want to be a champion, you have to play like a champion. That was sort of soundbite. And, you know, the two things that happened, it was Bo Bichette sort of carelessly getting out on one of those ones where he didn't totally stay on the bag the whole time. Just, a, you know, a little bit of a shitty thing about modern baseball is that that happens. It probably used to, it could have been possible for a lot of times. And I don't know. I, I don't feel I, I, really. I imagine the umpires are more cognizant of it because of the replay, but like that, like that, that's the thing. Like at first I was like, I can't believe that rule. It's like, wait, no, that what they like, they did review it, but the umpire called it in real time. Yeah. And I, I think that... of the fact that, when they do review it, yeah, he's he's off the base. But it, it it seems not in the spirit of the game a little bit, but whatever. But, you know, as, like you said, as umpires are becoming more attuned to it because it's become such an issue, I think the players need to be attuned to it as well. Sure. That being said, I, I don't I don't really have a huge problem with that play. Like you said, you know, it, it's just a it's come into the game recently. It's not necessarily in the player's instincts yet. Like it's something they have to be conscious of, I suppose, but it's just a weird thing. The Vladdy thing was worse. We've seen this before. Um, You know, he hits the ball really hard against the wall, but he doesn't hustle enough or he admires it a little bit. I thought it was interesting that Schneider called it out and and called that inexcusable. It was a big word. On paper, it looked a lot stronger, I think, than when you listen to the clip, just from a tone perspective. Like, I'm not saying that he was sort of soft on anything, but when you just read the word inexcusable, you can think like, wow, he's really laying the hammer down. And it was a little bit more casual than that. It was kind of like, yeah, that's an inexcusable play, but it's, you you know, he said the players addressed it. I just want to zoom out a little bit. Like, how do you feel about the notion? And I think that it has been bandied about a fair amount in the last, maybe even couple of years now, especially them missing out on the playoffs by a single game last year, that the Blue Jays lack the, yeah, the judgment sometimes, the hustle, the attention to detail, the quote unquote little, like it is a very easy thing to kind of bat away and dismiss. And maybe that's what we end up doing here. But it has been a drumbeat that has continued to roll for quite some time now. It has, but also I feel like I remember that drumbeat from 2007 and 2011 and 2012 and 2014. You know, it, 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 and I wrote this today. Like, it's just it's an easy trope for cranks, and and that was like one of the things that when I started writing about the about Blue Jays, the Blue Jays and baseball was like it was just some of the stuff that like that irked me the most like like the this this idea that oh you need to have the you need to have the cardinals way and you need to you know you need to like the, like fundamental stuff just is just such it's just such low hanging fruit for anyone who wants to like get get a bunch of people like rah rah behind them and, and and I I don't know that it is as uh as cut and dry as as it, it as, as it sounds a lot of times and this is kind of what i was writing about about this stuff and like it's yeah like that that was bad but also like you get you you get like you notice things like that when you watch one team you notice their mistakes and then you fail a lot of times i think that just like not you know just our just the way that our brains work as species and as people like and i, I think that you want like you don't notice 
that the Rays will have bad play. Like I, I can't, I can't tell you what specifically, but I definitely remember because I remember thinking, "Hey, the Rays made a stupid error, a weird base starting thing," and like there are games where they fucking pissed away a win. The Tampa Bay, the vaunted Tampa Bay Rays, uh, this year because of like stupid mental mistakes, which is like the thing that we're where you get you here because and it's easy to like accept that when you're not you know, watching them all the time and you're only seeing the Blue Jays lose to them all the fucking time, which is very annoying, obviously. But like you, 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 you hear and you get this idea told to you that, that, Oh, they play clean mistake free baseball. That's their, like, that's their identity. And it's like, that's not, it's just, it's not true. Like that shit, like that was bad of that, obviously. But as I wrote, I like, I thought Buck, I did not care for his red, but as, but I thought he was bang on when he was like, you can make one mistake by not running that ball out to first base. You can't make two by trying to get it, get it to second because you've already to like make up for your second mistake. And I think that's, I think that's completely correct. Like that, like, like, yeah, you got to eat it and stand there at first base and be like, I fucked up and I didn't, I didn't run that ball out as hard as I could have. And I should be at second base. And that's way more okay than than compounding that mistake and making it out at second base. But I don't. But you know that's that's not a thing that happens a ton. And they're I don't know. I, it, it's it's really easy to pick on, and real low hanging fruit for for people who want to, you know, be the commenters to be or the 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 you know the commentators to be like, okay, yeah. These guys, I'm telling it like it is. I'm seeing these horrible things that they're doing, and they, it, this is going to doom them. And it's like that's just that's. I don't feel that that's reality. I don't think the, I think the, I think the teams that are sloppy win games, win championships, but not you know not while being sloppy, but they're like teams that are prone to it. The the 88 win Atlanta Braves won the World Series last year. Like I didn't watch every Braves game or very many Braves games last year. But I promise you, they were like they made like you can't you can't only win eighty eight games and not have a bunch of games where you did some shit that that costs you games. Like that's just the way the sport works. Like I think it's I think it's it, it, it's not what we should be doing to really slam people and, and, and look at it as a personal failing to uh, to th- that you have made a mistake. Repeated ones are a bit concerning. Sometimes. Hey, Oscar. You know he'll do that. Vlad maybe will do that. But you know what? I don't know. I I don't think that you have to like be over the top about it. And I think that a lot of people when and this is what I wrote in the thing again. I'm just I'm just rehashing what I wrote today. But like that, I I think that people hear Buck railing against stuff like that, or hear someone like Buck, or hear in another sport other people like like railing against that and and. It gets it get, it worms its way into their the little like tyrant in their fucking brains, the little like junior hockey coach in their brains that just wants to like to to, to be the authority. When it's that's just not how you would handle people. That's not how people would respond well to. It's just it's, and it's just it's not a realistic understanding of how often little mistakes and lapses can happen. And they're still bad. It was bad. It, it was bad. You know, it wasn't as bad as that Simber throw. I'll say that. Um, <laughs> it was so it, Yeah, I, I'd love to see more. I'll, I'll watch replays of that tomorrow. I guarantee it. I, I mean, it, it if, if, like if I had... T- throwing out the first pit lane. <laughs> it was just... 
Insane. If I had time in my life, I would write like a lengthy video breakdown of that. But anyway, no, I think that I I struggle with this discourse at times. There's a there's an ugly side of it, and this is not an accusation I'm saying about the present situation. But this particular discussion in baseball has often been sort of a sneaky cudgel used in in sort of a and in, in a racist way to be honest like there's been a lot of like the you know these guys are this is the right way to play and a lot of times it, it is disproportionately the players from latin america who get these charges uh leveled at them uh in well, this case also, I think because of the way the way that they grow up playing is different they don't have people fucking telling them to do that sometimes or you know it, yeah I, I, yeah it, it, you're 100% right. And so, like, I, I've oft, I've always, like you said, I kind of I recoil at the nature of this conversation naturally. That is my first instinct, is to be like, this conversation is uh, bullshit, it's ill-informed, it's like, it, it's something, as you say, that galvanizes people, and it galvanizes, you know, not the best part of people. And it... There's also the aspect of, oh, these guys are all infinitely more talented than me, but if I were out there, at the very least, I wouldn't do this dumb shit. Like, I think there's an element to that, especially to people who have played baseball at some level before, some sport before. There's also the, you know, there's the hockey or football or basketball mentality where it's like you can out-hustle people, out-grind people, and, and you can win on the margins. It's, baseball doesn't really work like that the same way. I will say this. There are some some issues with the Blue Jays in this regard, especially base running. Like, they underperform, like, their base running stats are straight up bad. And they underperform some of the, like, they don't actually have terrible speed necessarily, but they get caught stealing too much. They get picked off too much. Like, the base running has been a very literal problem. Now, it can only be so much of a problem. I think we're talking about, you know, by Fangraph's measure, sort of minus 10 plus runs on the season. So, like, a win over the course of the year. Um, depending how it ends up getting sliced up. You never know if it's going to be a critical situation or not. It's a complicated issue. But the reality is that a, a base running can only be so much of an issue unless it's truly atrocious. And it's been bad, but it hasn't been necessarily atrocious. I think there are some players. You mentioned Teoscar. Like, Teoscar is mistake-prone mentally, and that has persisted for quite a while. And, like, you picked something from that spiel from Buck that you really liked, and the thing that I liked was him pointing out that like these guys are young, but they're not that young. Like they're they're young literally, but they've been in the big leagues for a while now. And I do think that we have this core in Toronto where people say they're young, they're figuring it out, they're like you know they're learning how to win, and it's not necessarily all going to be like this. And you see a guy like Teoscar, and it's like Teoscar is you know he's in the back half of his career, arguably or middle ages. Uh, and he's still making these kind of mistakes. So I do think that there are things that the Blue Jays do, and you can kind of throw your hands in the air and say, ah, they're a young team, and that maybe isn't the way to conceptualize it because they do seem to have some guys who make these mistakes a little bit later on, and, you know, Vladdy and Bo and Biggio doesn't get called out for this much, but, you know, Biggio, that cohort has been around for quite a while now. So I understand the disappointment of these guys seem to, and you know, I don't think it's necessarily Bo. Um, and you know, Vladdy's hustle has, is fantastic sometimes too. Like you can see, you know, he's a big man and he absolutely gives it on the bases and is aggressive. And he actually is one of the guys who's been relatively effective sealing bases. So I, again, I'm not trying to lump in any individual necessarily. As they, they're always making these mistakes, but there is something to the idea that. You can point to real, literal things going on with the Blue Jays and say sometimes, you know, 
quantifiably that base running isn't good. And, you know, a lot of the times the defense isn't great necessarily either. And that's just not what makes this team good. It's not what makes this team tick. It doesn't mean that they have to be those things to be a great team, to go on a playoff run. But there there are some real things underlying a conversation that maybe has lacked subtlety in the past. No, I, I think that's I think that's absolutely right. Something I'm reminded of is like, uh, uh, and this maybe is more to the defense thing and the Bobachet thing, because uh, he's you know he's not, he, that that's that's a, that's a thing too that sort of that sort of folds into this. But I, I well before I get into that, first I will say that you're right. Like we do need to think about what like what what being ten runs below average means, and I think sometimes people see the minus ten and don't realize there's a difference between runs and wins. Right, like ten runs is like not great, but it's not. But it is. It's like a win. It's like it's a win and a half a win or whatever it is. It's not. Uh, you know, it, it, it's not. It's not killing you in the same way. And, and yet, and so what? I, what I'm always sort of cautious about any of this stuff is because uh, because I spent a long time in uh, uh, in the year 2015 being like, well, Jose Reyes is bad at shortstop. Obviously, we know that he's not great. But he, you know, he's like a three-win player. His bat is good enough at that position with the positional adjustment. But his defense, bad as it is, uh, it, it, it all sort of evens out. And 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 you could you could do a hell of a lot worse than Jose Reyes at shortstop. Is is what I said in 2015 before we knew a lot more about Jose Reyes. And then also before we uh, we saw what Troy Tulowitzki did, which you know, obviously having a bat that was just as good. It was one thing, but like the yeah the, the the steady hand there made a difference, and there you know sometimes I think that was a lesson for me in like the you know not to be an absolutist about like what the war will say or what or what stuff like that will you know the you know the num- numbers are numbers and are valuable, and you want to look at them obviously, and you want to understand what they're trying to tell you, but there's other you know there you know you you still have to use your brain about things, and I, I think that that was. Uh, the, you know, I, no, I, no, I don't think this is this controversially. I think that that was the correct move by the Blue Jays at the time <laughs> to to rid themselves of Jose Reyes and get a more sure sure-handed shortstop. Even though wins above replacement was saying that oh, you know, he's actually one of the better shortstops in the league. It's just it's all from the offense and not from the defense. And I think that sometimes, yeah, we, I, I don't know, we, you, you can lose the forest for the trees a little bit when you when you think about. I don't know, like how just, yeah, like what what that run value means, and 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 we can. I think I'm just I just I'm trying to personally be uh, aware of the fact that it, it is easy to to dismiss it as like oh it's like ten runs over the course of the season, but it's like oh ten runs can can be valuable, and ten runs may like you say may not really give the full picture. Like it's kind of that that that's kind of like uh, abstract as more and and yeah I think it has been a problem and and and, it, and I like Teoscar I am fine you know with the fact that you're gonna get what you get out of Teoscar and I and, and I think that you know he's shown improvement and there all are these things I mentioned like Dan was like on the broadcast like uh, you know they tighten it up and then it falls back and then you know you let the manager manage you let the let the manager like demand accountability. Uh, and and I, I I think that's fine. I think that that that's and, and Buck kind of was saying that during that rant, uh, which a rant is even probably too you know too much. It wasn't really a rant, but like during that, what he was saying, uh, much of it I didn't disagree with. Some of it I agreed with. A lot of it I kind of thought was too much. But 
but like I, I like I, he he was kind of saying like you know John Schneider is the guy to do this and let and, and was kind of like let him manage and in in its own in his own way, uh, I think was saying like like what I would what I would say which is yeah let the manager manage like we it doesn't have to be like the the dominant story in the discourse that like somebody made a mistake like he'll talk about it and you know it's and it does happen repeatedly and it is frustrating but also I think that that's how the sport works and the sport will work forever and the sport has worked forever and you know it's just we're not, we we you, there there is the the platonic ideal of base running this doesn't really exist it isn't you you don't you, you won't see it uh and and the the sooner people get that sort of out of their minds and expect perfection uh, which is i think what like shapiro or atkins was talking about like when they had that weird media tour at the start of september or whenever it was late august uh I think that, like, as ham-fisted as that was, I think that was on point to be like, you know, you can't expect perfection from people. Like, it's just the mistakes are going to happen. And that's sort of where I, you know, had issues with what Buck was saying because I think that, you know, you, uh, it, it, it's, it, you can't, you should, it, we shouldn't be encouraging people to think that perfection is possible. And yet, I do agree with you and with probably everybody else that, yeah, that shit happens too much. Yeah, I mean, just to give a a little bit about the you know the base running numbers, the top two teams for uh, base running runs by Fangraphs this year: Arizona and Texas. Um, so keep that Mark, in mind Mark, in terms. Mark Simeon is a hell of a base runner. Uh, that. that I'm sure the reason the Jays' numbers are way down compared to last year is the loss of him. And to take this a little bit galaxy brain for a second, I think part of the uh, issue here is that when people talk about, you know, being a champion or what it takes to win the World Series, we are always leaning on, you know, prior experiences or what we've seen in the past. But there isn't as much of a pattern there as I think people would necessarily think there is. Like, there no two teams that win the World Series are the same. And just because a team doesn't look like the team that won the World Series, you know, the one that you're thinking about, you know, the 2019 Washington Nationals are very different than the 2020 Los Angeles Dodgers. You know, I, when they say that this is a bit of a tangent, but when they say that they're looking for aliens, you know, like NASA or whoever is uh, out there looking for aliens. No, go on, go on. Okay, but they're always looking for planets that are like Earth, right? They're looking for places where there can be liquid water and therefore carbon-based life forms or whatever. And I always find myself thinking, yeah, but like, what if it just doesn't work like it works on Earth? Like, what if they're lithium-based life forms and they eat like magnesium or whatever? I don't even know if magnesium is an element. It might just be something that's in cereal. But I'm just saying, like, just because something doesn't look like what we know something to be, it doesn't mean that it can't be that. And, like, just because the Blue Jays look sloppier on the bases or on defense. And, again, I'm talking out of two sides of my mouth a little bit because I do think that the base running, there is something to it. But just because it doesn't look like that dominant team that won the World Series – or that team, you know, the, the 2015 Royals that everyone, you know, kind of liked aesthetically because of the way they played defense, ran the bases and stuff like that. Just because it looks like that, it doesn't, or because it doesn't look like that, doesn't mean that they can't be a champion uh, or can't go on a deep run. I'm not saying the Blue Jays will do that. But when we have these discussions about what makes a champion or what makes someone a championship level team, especially in baseball where there's so much randomness, 
it is worth cautioning the belief that it has to look like X, Y, or Z because there's just so many forms a baseball team can take. And that's one of the things that makes baseball great, to be honest, you know, compared to the NBA, for instance, where you really have to kind of like lock down a number, you know, top seven player and build around him an X, Y, and Z way. Like there's only so many routes to making that work realistically. In baseball, there's almost infinite routes, um, which is why you're able to make comparisons to uh, space exploration and hypothetical lithium-based <laughs> life forms. Hypothetical? I mean, I don't know. Could be real. I Before we get out of here, uh, we have been closely following the sort of hot dogs uh, yeah. situation with the Blue Jays. So I do want to tie a bow on that. Although I don't know if there's some kind of potential for a loony dog playoff situation that hasn't been made clear to me. I haven't pursued the answer to that question, to be honest. Um, but it's an interesting thought. But anyway, so we have our our hot dog heroes, uh, the guys who dress up like hot dogs and eat an unfathomable amount of hot dogs. And we've just continued to give them props on this podcast. Um, you know, we're fans. We like what we're seeing out there from them. <laughs> and uh, so this one guy, Ryan J. Russian, I'm not going to read his whole post. It's a bit uh, dense. But basically, he said, like, there's a part of the story that people don't know. And that's when they would go to this game. There was fundraising where people would pledge an amount of money per hot dog that they ate. And as a result of them eating all the hot dogs, they were actually able to raise money to allow uh, underprivileged youth to attend their very first Blue Jays game, which will be on October 2nd, apparently. And the final count ended up being 45 kids that are going to go to their very first game as a result of this. And, you know, maybe potentially be lifelong fans, potentially be Blue Jays Happy Hour listeners. Who's to say? Um, but, you know, they always talk about growing the game. And these type of things, it's so easy for them to get just truly hokey and played out and maybe that's in the future somewhere with these guys like i remember dart guy with the maple leafs and how like that was just absolutely ridden into the ground to the point where the guy had a radio show um i don't think that's going to happen here and i do think it's a it's a nice conclusion where like you know these guys are out there doing this kind of silly thing and we're like oh they're you know they're at it again and again and again uh, and maybe the bit is getting a little bit stale, like the buns of the horrible hot dogs that they have to eat. Um, and yet, you know, there's actually something, you know, genuinely really good to come out of it. And I don't know, I thought I thought it was a cool end to the story that it's not just us kind of like celebrating gluttony for the sake of gluttony. There's actually, um, yeah, there's a pot of gold at the end of the hot dog rainbow. And I thought that was worth acknowledging. <laughs> no, I think you're right. Yeah, I heard that story as well uh really cool yeah um yeah i don't want i don't want to see the dartification of uh of the hot dog guys but yeah that's that's awesome get kids watching games that they never see who cares if they're jays fans forever like go go have go have a fun night of the game uh, kids like uh guess what you're you're the the kids who are going to that game their kids won't definitely won't be able to afford it because nobody will be able to afford it in a fucking game in about 10 years so uh uh, so yeah, no, uh, no I, that's a really beautiful thing. It's really cool. And uh, uh, who thought who, who thought hot dogs couldn't bring us all together? Yeah, just kind of a, a weirdly pure thing in a world uh, definitely lacking for it. <laughs> um, that will we will leave you guys there. Um, I'm sure. Hopefully, you're happy to have us back. But you know, you can also get sick of us if, we're, if we go on about hot dogs for too long. This is a good amount of time. 
We appreciate you guys tuning in after the fact for this, I guess, which will be kind of a surprise episode for you guys. And we should be back at it. We had no technical issues with this one uh, so far as we understand. So it looks like everything is back on track after our uh, mini hiatus. All right. Thanks, thanks everybody, by which I mean nobody. Um, and, yeah, we'll talk to you again soon.